Father, as we sing that song, I'm just reminded that you get all the glory and everything you do, Lord. Father, you're the reason I'm up here. Father, you're the reason we're all sitting here. May you get all the glory in this, Father. Let my words be your words. Let the words you have for me to say just go through the ears and into the heart of the people listening, Lord. Father, I thank you for all this. Amen. Well, good morning. If we have not met yet, my name is Amanda Terry. I am Regen's tech leader, and I also help run the youth group with Heather and Holden Garrett. Super fun. Great kids. So in this season of Advent, Kyle has been taking us on a journey through the hidden figures of Jesus' genealogy, aka the women who are actually mentioned. Many people throughout history have often overlooked women, and especially in the Bible. There's often the belief that women just kind of belong in the background, and that they have no reason to be in ministry. You know, things of that nature. And it's really funny that I'm up here preaching right now, because not too long ago, I was more or less on the women should be hidden figure side. I don't mean I want to be June Cleaver cleaning my house in pearls. <laughs> Though, being a stay-at-home dog mom is kind of a goal, but that's not the focus here. <laughs> I always felt that women don't belong up here. They should be hidden and not in public ministry. Not up here doing the only job I have ever deemed a man's job. Honestly, I thank God that I've obviously had a shift in thinking, and I'm incredibly thankful for the not-so-hidden figures in my life and in this church who have been incredibly encouraging on this path. Now, with all that being said, it's Christmas time, and I, would fi I figured I would talk about what some might call a literary classic, but... I much prefer the Flintstones or the Muppet version of The Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Super quick synopsis if you've never heard it. It's about a grouchy old rich man, Ebenezer Scrooge, who is visited by three ghosts through the night. The ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and finally, the ghost of Christmas future. These ghosts remind him of what happened, what is happening, and what could happen. It seems like we all have our own ghosts that like to whisper to us about things of our past, where, we at in our, where we're at in our present day, and even where we're headed in our future. What do your ghosts whisper to you? Now, long before Charles Dickens was ever even thought of, we had other people with ghosts following them the Israelites. We find them wandering around in the desert for 40 years because they got scared and didn't think they could take the land of Canaan. Well, the time had come and they had to take the land. Now if you turn with me to Joshua chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, 
We will now find out how they would go about this. Again, that is Joshua chapter 2. Starting in verse 1. Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp of Acacia Grove. He instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed the night there. So Joshua sends out two spies to scope everything out. And instead of seeing giants, as the spies before them saw, they found Rahab. Now, in the text, Rahab is stated as a prostitute. Now, some scholars do believe that she was just a businesswoman who owned an inn. Some believe she was a prostitute. Then there's the theory that she was a businesswoman, an innkeeper, who made her customers very comfortable. <laughs> Think what you will. I personally take the opinion that she was a prostitute. A woman with a past. A woman with a ghost gnawing at her over the decision she has made to bring her to this point in her life. When we look at this, this woman, we know that one, she is immoral. And two, she's a Canaanite. She is public enemy number one. But there were reasons that the Israelite spies went to Rahab's place. They wouldn't really be noticed. I mean, guys going in and out all the time. And an innkeeper, she had all the juicy information that any good spy would need. So let's look at verse 2. But someone told the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab. Bring out the men who have come into your house, for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Well, there it is, guys. The king, the law of the land, told her to cough them up. End of story. Let's pack up, go home. Obviously, that's not how the story goes. So let's read what happens next. Rahab had hidden the two spies, but she replied, Yes, the men were here earlier. But I didn't know where they were from. They left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close. I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. Actually, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them beneath the bundles of flax she had laid out. So Rahab was kind of honest with them. Like, she told them what they already knew, that the men were there. However, she took some liberties she made a choice with the second part, telling them that the men had left, knowing dang well that they were up and hiding in her roof. I also love that she went the extra mile to be like, if you hurry up, you can go catch them. <laughs> Very sneaky. So the king's men went looking for the spies along the road, leading to the shallow crossing of the Jordan River. And as soon as the king's men had left, the gate of Jericho was shut. <laughs> they believed her. She risked her neck and lied to the king's men, and it worked. In verse 8, before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went to the roof to talk with them. 
I know the Lord has given you our land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what, what you did in Shihon and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Here, Rahab wanted to, complete, wanted to be completely upfront and honest with the spies. Why did she do that? Because even though she was a Canaanite, she made a decision in that moment, that one moment, with her past ghost constantly in her ear, telling her of all the wrong she has ever done in her life, all the decisions of right or wrong that she has ever made up till this very moment. Her choice to lie to the king's men was the first step because ultimately she knew the God of the Israelites was nothing to mess with. She knew that this was their land and though the, the king may have been scary, nothing can be bigger than God. I mean, Veggie Tales taught many of us that God is even bigger than the boogeyman. <laughs> With such an interesting past, she has such an amazing faith. It's exactly what the believers, my redeeming God does. His indescribable grace makes the broken human beautiful and serviceable. As I sat at my desk writing this uh, sermon about things from our past, it was no coincidence that something popped up and I was reminded of one of the lowest points in my life. And I would be absolutely lying to you if I said I didn't stop and think about things. That ghost wanted to whisper to me, shame, regret, condemnation, and disqualification. If we let those ghost whispers get to us, then we'll be nothing more than the walking dead. We make choices every day, our present day, the right here, the right now. It's something I believe that many of us don't even think about. We're always a few steps ahead. Think about it. This morning you woke up and you were immediately thinking about things you had to get done before church. So you get here, probably in a rush, as most of you have kids, I can only imagine. And you're thinking about what to do after church, what, what has to get done before the work week. We just never truly sit in the here and the now. We never live in that present moment. Honestly, why would we want to live in our present moment? Oftentimes it's scary, unfortunate, depressing even. When we have those moments that we want to be present for, sometimes it's hard to because we're not, we're so used to being 10 steps ahead that we can't take that one moment to be in the current step. When we don't live in the present moment, opportunities can pass us up. We just move on our, with our lives at a supersonic speed, 
never stopping to enjoy much of anything. Rahab wasn't thinking about her past in that moment. She, had, she was right in front of her, not the ghost haunting her, just the present moment, the here and the now, a similar opportunity we may have. She took the opportunity in verse 12 to be where her feet were at. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father and my mother, my brothers and sisters, and all their families. So while writing this, I found a super interesting fact that I want to share with you guys. That chunk from Rahab from verses 9 to 13 is one of the longest uninterrupted statements by a woman in biblical narrative. Totally blew my mind. <laughs> Rahab, from the get-go, knew what she was doing. She knew what was going to happen, so she took the opportunity to ask for safety for her and her family, which I'm sure many of us would, would do. Well, most of us. I personally wonder if I would go and save my brother because I don't want to be locked in a house with him for that, that long of a time. <laughs> but that's just me. Verse 14, the spies answer. We offer our own lives as guarantee for your safety. The men agreed. If you don't betray us, we will keep our promises and be kind to you when the Lord gives us the land. I feel like we can all agree that's a fair thing. Keep us safe, we'll keep you safe. Then since Rahab's house was built into the town wall, she let them down by a rope through the window. Now, I don't know if it's just me, but every time I've ever read this, I've often wondered what it looked like having a house built into the town wall. So I found this picture uh, of what people believed it looked like. Uh, here we see Rahab on top talking to the spies and what we see out the window is very important she let them out with a scarlet rope she gives them instructions when she lets them out on what to do and they pretty much do the same thing in verse 18 when we come into the land you must leave this scarlet rope hanging from the window through which you let us down. And all your family members, your father, mother, brother, and all your relatives must be inside the house. So there, they told, they told her, if they go out, all bets are off. And everybody agrees. The rope stays in the window. And if we would continue to read, we would find out the spies made it safely. And then in a few chapters, the whole Israelite army comes back. And they take the city. They destroyed everything and everyone except for the house of Rahab, marked by the scarlet rope hanging out the window. This scarlet rope was a symbol of safety and hope to come. It's the same scarlet rope we see throughout the Old Testament leading to the scarlet thread of redemption, Jesus Christ. In chapter 6, Verse 23, we find those spies took her out 
took her and her family out of chaos and brought them to a safe place near the camp of Israel. Rahab, though morally stained, was cleansed and did not perish along with her countrymen. God had the power over her heart as he did over the walls of her city. God took her out of that inn and placed her with him. We find out in Matthew, in the lineage of Jesus, that she married a guy named Salmon, an Israelite, and they had a kid named Boaz. Yes, that Boaz, Ruth Boaz. Ruth, a woman who we learned last week, is essentially the Proverbs 31 woman, the most virtuous woman. And her mother-in-law was anything but. She was immoral. She was dirty. But this woman changed history. Does this seem like a Cinderella story to you? Because it really does to me. Every single one of us sitting here has a past. Many of us may regret a lot of what we've done and where we've been. But it doesn't change the fact that it's happened. We, at any given point in our lives, could have been considered Rahab. Maybe some of us are still in that situation, letting our past or our current situation define us. I wouldn't be me if I didn't take this opportunity to quote one of my favorites, Billy Graham. He said, Don't let past mistakes keep you from seeking God. Did you hear that? Don't let past mistakes keep you from seeking God. If you hear nothing else I say today, friends, know that your days of being an innkeeper, they don't matter. God give us the opportunity to go from innkeeper to royalty. Remember that ghost I talked about that likes to follow me? The one whispering shame, regret, condemnation, and disqualification? I could easily let those just win. I did for many years, but this round I stopped, and I listened to what my Heavenly Father whispered to me, someone who looks past all the things I've done and says to me, I am loved, I am forgiven, I have a purpose, and I have a calling. Rahab was a woman of many experiences, many immoral experiences. Maybe it's because of a situation like we learned with Tamar. Maybe it was the only way she could survive. It's hard to know, but the interesting thing about this woman, a poor reporter, is that we find her in more than one place in the Bible. She's not only mentioned in Matthew, but also in the book of James. She is mentioned as someone justified by God and putting their faith into action. Though she really didn't have any faith. She more or less had every ounce of ick on her. But she took that non-existent faith and she did something with it. She's also mentioned in the book of Hebrews. Now, in Hebrews chapter 11, we find a massive retelling of people with incredible faith. It's kind of been dubbed the faith chapter or even the faith hall of fame. 
And we find Rahab listed right in this very chapter, in verse 31. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Rahab is mentioned right after Moses, and instead of Joshua, let that sink in. This woman was mentioned instead of Joshua. And the only other woman in the entire chapter is Sarah, Abraham's wife, the mother of Isaac. It is a high honor to be included in this group of believers. So we've kind of talked a lot about the past and the present and the future today. Maybe I even got you into the Christmas spirit by wanting to go watch a Christmas carol. Maybe I got you thinking about all the ghosts that haunt you. Charles Spurgeon has some wise words about our past, our present, and our future. The God of the past has blotted out your sin. The God of the present makes all things work for good. The God of the future will never leave you nor forsake you. We've had moments in our past that we may have passed up. We've had moments in our past we may have regret. Maybe we've had missed opportunities, a decision to turn to a bottle or the person or even the website late at night. The beautiful thing about grace and God's love is that it's always there in your past, your present, and your future. So that past regret is some that is that, that's with you within your present day. And here we have an opportunity, much like Rahab did, to make a decision in this present moment to affect not only your life, but the future of your life and the lives around you and possibly even the lives of people you may never even know. It's all about one decision. Rahab, she took a shot in the dark. What did she have to lose? She had a business, but all that didn't matter. She knew that this God, this God of the Israelites was much bigger. So she took that shot in the dark. She said yes to something she knew nothing about. We all have a fear of unknown things, but sometimes we just have to take that leap. No matter what our past says, no matter what the different ghosts of our lives whisper to us, sometimes we just have to take that first step and God meets us there. With that one step, that one decision, to change, we too end up in the lineage of Jesus. Oh, I should pray. I'll pray. <laughs> Father, I, I thank you for this message you've given us. Father, just let everybody within the sound of my voice know that it doesn't matter where they've come from. Father, what matters is that you're here with us. And Father, if there are any hearts tugging, Lord, let them not be afraid. Let them fall into your loving arms. In Jesus' name.